Let's uh, go ahead and go on over to Mark chapter 6. The, uh, the title already is Reach Out. Reach Out. Now let's go ahead and start it off right now. What comes to mind when you think of reaching out? What are some things that come to mind when you hear reach out? What was that? Effort. Okay, he said effort and he reached his hand out. Okay, so effort. What else? Okay, let's get some hands up and then it'll be a little easier for us there. Okay. A kid reaching out for his mom, a mom, mama. Okay, all right. And I, that, that is Dallas Kawhi. I remember when he was two, and he used to reach out for his mama in, uh, in the kids' kingdom class there. So I remember that. Okay, in the back there. Asking for forgiveness there. Okay, awesome. All right, in the front, yes. Reaching out to a person in need. Okay, go ahead. Looking to make a connection, right? The main different things here about reaching out. Now, we're going to look at Jesus here. We're going to see this principle laid forth in reaching out. So, in Mark chapter 6, are you guys there? Okay, we're going to read here in Mark chapter 6. And uh, we're going to start off in verse uh, in verse six there, and it's really kind of like part B uh, of, uh, of verse six there, the second sentence there. So let's go ahead and read it. Mark chapter six, verse six. It says, "Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village, calling the twelve to him. He sent them out two by two, and gave them authority over evil spirits. These were his instructions: take nothing for the journey except the staff." No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra tunic. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave as a testimony against them. Stop right there. Insert yourself into the story. You've been traveling with Jesus. You're one of Jesus' companions. Not just that, you're one of Jesus' uh, you know, uh, people, an exclusive group that he's teaching and training up. And these are the instructions that he gives to you. What would you be thinking? Honestly, I want to hear some thoughts. What would you be thinking if Jesus came to you and said, Hey, uh, I want you to go out. Here's what you're going to do. Take no food, no luggage. Uh, you know, just one one pair of clothes, really. One pair of shoes. Don't even bring two jackets. Just one jacket. And, and go into the place and, uh, you know, if people listen to you, hallelujah. But if they don't, shake off the dust as a sign to I mean, what would you be thinking when you heard that? This is tough. This is tough. Okay, what I hear, how long? How long, right? How long I'm going to be out here? This is rough, okay? Others, well, what would you be thinking if Jesus gave you these instructions? Okay, I heard somebody say, are you sure? I didn't know. What? Okay. You know what I mean? Like, what, what did you say? Did Jesus just go crazy? I'd be like, Bartholomew, did you hear what he just said? Right? Okay, Reese, what would you be thinking? Well, if I'm honest, I might feel like this is unreasonable. Unreasonable. This is Too radical, way beyond what any reasonable person person be asking. Yes. Yeah, I, was thinking, I don't really want to go. <laughs> I really want to go. Honesty, appreciate that. All right, Luis. <laughs> Are you for real? Right? We wouldn't be thinking, "Wow, this is awesome. This is what I signed up for." I think most of us be. A, what did he say? Repeat that again. Now we know 
know Mark, and, and we know from, uh, you know, uh, the other parallel stories there, Jesus actually said a little bit more. But he didn't really say a whole lot that, that really made you feel very encouraged about going or made you really super inspired about going. But he just gives them this call. And he says, all right, here's what you guys are going to do. And, and he kind of like expects them to do this. It don't really seem like he's asking. Did, did you guys see that? Hey, guys, here's what I'm thinking. Is it possible if you guys can go out and do this for me, please? No, he, he kind of gives them these instructions. And it seems like he has a clear expectation that these men are going to actually follow through and do it. Let's read in verse 12. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. You mean to tell me they went out and did this? They actually went out and did this. Went out to other places, packing lights, preaching the word, dealing with some demonic forces. Man, how intense was that? And they actually followed the direction that Jesus gave them. Now, we, we sit back and go, man, that, that, that seemed a little wild, a little crazy. And, and I do think that there is some truth to that. But I think we have to understand that the reason that they went out and did this is because they knew that this was a part of the call of following Jesus. You, you don't believe me? Okay, going over to Mark chapter 1 here. All right, going over to Mark chapter 1. Now, don't get quiet on me here, okay? I know some of you are still thinking, man, what would I do if he said that? All right. Mark chapter 1, let's read here in verse 14. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me. Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he'd gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. You see, at the beginning of the call, Jesus told them what? Come follow me. Come be with me, and I will make you fishers of men. Now, they didn't know what that completely entailed, but they understood he's training us to go do something. And to be a fisher of men, we're going to go reach out and catch men for God. So they knew that this was part of the call. So when they get to this point in Jesus' ministry and in this time of walking with him, when he told them to go, this wasn't some brand spanking new idea. This is something that Jesus had already been doing and they've been participating with Jesus in this, but now they're going out on their own. And they're going out two by two. And you can imagine maybe how they felt. Probably a little bit scared, I'm sure. Probably excited as well. And even honored. Probably scared of the unknown, what's going to happen. And wait, our leader's not going to be there. It's just going to be me and this other guy. And we're going to go out. Man, that's a little scary. But I'm sure they were also a little excited. Like, man, this is awesome. We're going to go on this adventure. Who knows what's going to happen? And he's given us authority over evil spirits. Man, that's awesome. And I'm sure they even felt honored as well. Like, wow, he believes in us. We've seen what he's done. Now, he believes so much in us, he's calling us to go out and do the same. 
And, and he believes we're ready to do this right now. Again, they probably had a bunch of emotions, but they went and did it. Why do you think they would go out and do this crazy, radical thing? Why? Why do you think they would actually do this? I know it was part of the call, so they understood it, but to actually go out and do it. Now, that's another thing, right? Why do you think... They did this. Well, I believe it was, it was a couple things. But number one, I believe they knew they were a part of something special. Now, I don't think, and you can look at the scriptures and you see the apostles. They were just like me and you. They, they got some things and they didn't get a lot of things. You know what I mean? But I think one of the things that they got was they were part of something big. Going over to John chapter 6. You'll see what I'm talking about here, okay? John chapter 6. Starting off in verse 60, Jesus had been preaching to the crowds and he has a good number of, of followers at this point in time in his ministry. And he had just preached and, and you know, he preached some deep stuff there and it was very challenging for a lot of the people to, to uh, reconcile in their own lives there. And we're going to read here and check this out in verse 60. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, now who said? Many of his disciples, remember, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, Does this offend you? What if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? You see, the Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. Yet, there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and would betray him. He went on to say, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled him. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Did you catch that? Many people were following him, but once it got to something being hard and difficult, they said, this is too much. Well, I'm going to quit. This guy's too radical. He wants us to believe what? He wants us to go and do what? I'm out of here. That's the most natural thing. You can't look in judgment of them. Many of us, if we had been given that call we saw in Mark 6, we say, how long? Wait, you want me to do what? Are you crazy? It says, many left following Jesus. But look what happens. Verse 67. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. We'll stop right there. You see, the twelve didn't leave. Why? Because they understood they were part of something that was special. Something that was huge. They weren't like the rest of the crowd. They had identified, whoa, Jesus, no, no, no. There's something about you. You are the Holy One of God. You have the words of eternal life. I'm not leaving. I will follow you and I will go with you and I will do what you call me to do. They knew this wasn't some fly-by-night protest. This wasn't the fad of the hour. That, hey, we're just going to go with Jesus, but as soon as it gets difficult, we're going to bail ship. They knew, wait, no, this is something that's really big. There's like eternity involved in all this. I don't quite get everything that he says, but I know I want to see it happen. 
They knew this was something incredible. A revolution was taking place. Things were changing and were about to change forever. And so they got this, but how could they understand this? How can they get to that point where they had such faith? Well, to me, it's obvious is that they were with Jesus. You get what I'm saying? They were with Jesus. They had a relationship with Jesus that allowed them to dig deep in their faith to the point where they say, we will go out to where you send us. Now see, if you're close with Jesus, then you will do some things that might be considered radical. That might be foolish to many. That might seem a little odd and weird. But when you're not close to God, you tend to not do those things. You know what I'm saying? Think about this. For those who have been members of our congregation, when you're close to God and you hear, you know, God calling you in some form or fashion through the scriptures or through the church encouraging you, when you're close to God, what are you willing to say? Yes. But when you're not close to God and you're asked to do something, what do you tend to say? No, no, I can't do that. Hey, hey, man, can you just help us out real quick? I mean, we're talking about just serving. Hey, can you just go grab something from the back? Nah, man, why don't you go get it yourself? <laughs> Maybe not that intense, but some days I've seen some of us. <laughs> we'll do radical things when we're close to God. You know, and that's what, that's what Reese talked about, right? We have to dig deep. I mean, it really does make sense. We will go out, we will do God's will when we're close to God. That's why it's so important that we're reading our Bibles and praying and having daily devotionals with God. Personal, intimate relationship with God. You know what I'm saying here. So when we're called to something radical, yes it might be radical, but because we're digging deep in our faith, we will step out on faith and watch what God do. That's why we got to dig deep and we need to reach out. You see, Jesus sent them again in his ministry. We know in Luke that he sent the 12 out again during his ministry. Now he sent them out two by twos, but with 72 people. And then at the end of his ministry in Matthew 28, we know he gives the great commission. And he says, go out to all the ends of the earth here and preach the word, baptizing and teaching them to obey. Now why? Why did Jesus send them out? What does this reveal about Jesus? What, what do you think this reveals about Jesus? In fact, here's what we do. I want you to, to in, your, in your groups here, okay? Because we want, we want to dig deep here in understanding of Jesus. We're trying to understand the real Jesus here, okay? So maybe in twos and threes in your row, I want you to answer that question. Why do you think Jesus sent them out? What, is reveal, what does this reveal about Jesus? Okay, are you guys with me there? Okay, so just take a couple minutes there and have some great conversation amongst each other.
Okay. All right, all right. Let, let's get a couple answers here. What, why do you think Jesus sent him out? What did this reveal about Jesus? Yes. Okay, he has faith in them, and because they have faith in him, is, is that what you said there? Okay, great. All right, in the back. To reach a multitude of possible followers. Okay, cool. Yes, right here. Jesus believes in networking. He's the, he's the originator of networking. Come on, that's good. I like that. All right, go ahead. Say, say that again. I'm sorry. He gave them practice, right? Okay, so when he's gone, they, they, they'll be able to continue. Yes. He was training them. Okay. Yeah, to go out there. Yes. It made them feel important and neat. Now, what does this reveal about Jesus, though? Yes. Okay, he said Jesus loves us to push us beyond our comfort zone. Okay, yes, over here. Jesus sees more in us than we see in ourselves there. Okay, way in the back there, yes. Duplication there, right? Multiplication there, okay. All right, we'll go one more. To give them practice, okay. And give them practice on what they need to do. Okay, we'll go one more, Jackie, go ahead. It reveals that Jesus is trustworthy, right? All these things, there's a number of things that we could come up with, right? It reveals a lot about Jesus. It reveals he does want to reach the masses. It believes that he wants to work through people. It believes that he believes in us, a number of different things. But I believe also what it, it shows that God's plan is to send out to reach out. He wants to send us out so that we can reach out. Why? Because he wants every soul to have an opportunity and an eternal relationship with him. Every soul. Now, he knows not every soul is going to respond, but he wants to give every soul an opportunity. And how can we do that? By spiritual networking. By being sent out to reach out. If they stayed in a holy huddle, nobody else would know. You and I wouldn't be here that Sunday morning. Christianity would be in Jerusalem and that was it. But he said, no, I love Jerusalem, but guess what? I like L.A. I like Rio de Janeiro. I like wherever you think of. He wants to reach all people. Are you with me here? Jesus doesn't care just about you. He cares about your neighbor as well. He cares about the person over in China. He cares about those who live in, 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 in cold places. I don't know why they live there, but he cares about them. Jesus sent out to reach out. So what does that mean for you and me today? Jesus has sent us to reach out. Yes, Jesus has sent you to reach out. 
We don't have enough time to look at all the scriptures about that. But we know that Jesus has sent us to reach out. And now many of us, when we think reach out, we think invite people to church. Many of us who've been Christians in our congregation for years, when you hear, okay guys, let's go out and reach out, we think, okay, I'm going to go and invite people to church. But let me ask you this. The instructions that Jesus gave, you can look at all the parallels, okay? Did you see where he said, hey, go invite people to church? Because I must have missed that. Maybe I got the old NIV. Maybe, I know you guys might be reading the new 2011. Does it say, leave, leave one tunic or, you know, don't even take that, but make sure you invite everybody out to church. Does it have that on there? Is that a footnote? Maybe my Bible is missing a footnote or a page or something. He didn't say once. Tell me one time you saw in any scripture where Jesus says, go and invite people to church. So wait, Marcel, you saying don't invite people to church? Of course not. You should invite people to church. But here's the thing. Reaching out is not just inviting people to church. There's more to reaching out than inviting people to church. Are you with me here? What did he tell them to do? He said, hey, go preach. Go heal, go drive out demons. You see, reaching out is reaching out and touching people. I like people, you know, some of the answers that say, you know, there's this imagery of you always think of reaching out, right? Reaching out is not this. It's not being safe. It's going out, exerting effort. It's getting involved in people's lives. It's getting in touch with people. It's helping people. And where were they told to preach? Or what did they preach? It says they preached... That people should repent. Now that's a message right there. What should you and I be preaching? That you should repent. But wait a second. We know, because Mark, he he doesn't give us all the details. You got to love Mark. He's just action focused, okay? But we know there was a precursor there. There there was an introduction into, into repentance. You don't just go up to somebody, hey man, you need to repent. That doesn't work. You've been to the football game. The people holding the signs, I've never seen one person go, you know what, man, you are right. I'm going to repent right now. So we know, yes, we need to show the gospel. We need to tell them, hey, Jesus loves you. He's so attractive. He's awesome. That's because we want people to fall in love with Jesus. That's That's what God wants. But here's the thing. The only proper response to the love of God is repentance. You can't say, well, I believe in in God and I I love him. I'm in awe of him and stay the same. It doesn't work that way. And that's why when we're going out and we're sharing God's word, we can't be afraid and we cannot succumb to what's going on in popular Christianity today and just making sure Jesus is cool and that's it and there's no response required. We got to call people to the standard and say, look, God loves you. He's awesome. But here, here, here's how you want to respond. You want to respond to this? Great. Here's what you need to do. You need to repent. That means you got to get rid of that sin in your life. That means you got to deal with some issues in your hearts. That's what they did. And we can look down at the end of verse. They had great success there, and that's awesome. But he talks about driving out demons, and they healed people. What does that mean? Hey, look, there's demons in people's lives today, aren't there? People have some serious issues. We have serious issues. We're still dealing with demons in our lives, right? And we're not talking about the spooky, you know, oh, you know, some demons. Ah, we're, we're talking about addictions. We're talking about bitterness, drama. We got some. There, there, there's 
real issues going on in people's lives. And so what has God called us to do if we're going to be sent out to reach out? We got to help people deal with these issues. We got to help them practically. Hey, you know, you got some issues. Hey, you know, you don't know how to, man, you, 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 you don't have a budget. Let me, let me show you how to budget. Hey, here's what you need to do. Oh, man, let me show you how. I mean, we got to get involved in each other's lives. It's beyond just studying the Bible and showing some scriptures to people. You guys with me here? You see, this is all together. They're not actually separate. Why just help meet physical needs? And, and then I'll just share the Bible. No, they're all together. This is called reaching out. Think about this. For those who are members of our congregation, when you became a true Christian and someone reached out to you, did they only study the Bible with you? What did they do? They became my friend, I heard one say. Oh, oh, so they just didn't give you the word and say, peace see you on Sunday? No, they became your friend. What else? I mean, let, let, let's have this here, okay? Yes, what happened when they reached out to you? Go ahead. Showed interest in it. They were actually concerned, a genuine concern about your family. Wow. Okay, go ahead. Weren't judgmental. They looked down upon you like, oh, you're not living up to this standard? No, they, 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 they were concerned and cared and wanted you to meet this standard, right? Okay, others. Well, it's something else. Yes. Helped you deal with some hatred. I know there's some people that can say amen to that. Over here, yes. They fed you. They fed you. I know that. Boy, oh boy. In the campus ministry, tea ministry, yeah, that, there's a lot of feeding going on. Yes, go ahead, one more. Mm. 40 church members came and helped her in her time of physical need. You see, that's reaching out. That's reaching out. That's not just inviting someone to church. That's not just showing somebody a scripture. And it's not just separate. Well, I'm only going to help you this. No, it's all encompassing. It's all together. This is what Jesus has sent us to go do. You say, well, wow, man, that's kind of a lot. I know. But if we don't do it, who will? If we don't do it, who will? You see, Jesus, in in the parallel to this text, he says, Hey, freely you have received, freely you must give. You see, a lot of us, we have received so much. God has used people to transform us completely. But we're not freely sharing that with others. Yes, it takes a lot of work. But it took a lot of work to help you out. Trust. Ask the people who helped you out. It's still a lot of work to help a lot of us out today. You know what I'm saying? Are you reaching out to others? You see, some of us used to. You said, man, you should have saw me back in the day, boy. Man, I was like a, you know, reach out machine. All I did was reach out. Sad thing is, those are, those are past glories. When was the last time that you reached out to somebody? You, you really loved them. You took time. You listened to them. You met their need. You stayed up a little bit past the time that you wanted to. The last time you, you, you did invite someone to church. 
the last time you, you got involved in a Bible study with someone? You see, the gospel is never meant to just stay in our little holy huddle here. God has called us, you and me. He has sent us out to reach out. And we can't make excuses. Some of us got distracted by whatever the case, our kids or, 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 you know, the deceitfulness of wealth and all these different things, our jobs and all that. I appreciate Curtis being honest and being vulnerable, saying, hey, look, I, I get tempted to get distracted. And a lot of us, we're distracted, so we haven't reached the soul because we're thinking about everything else but saving and helping lives. And some of us, we, we, we've just been discouraged. We've tried. Or we tried throughout the years and we didn't see the results that we wanted. Can anybody relate to that? Yeah. Or we helped somebody, but then they decided to leave the Lord. And we were crushed and we felt like, well, I don't want to give myself again. I know I should, but I don't want to go the extra mile because what if they hurt me again? Can anybody relate to that? And that's understandable. Trust me, I'm with you. I, I, I struggle with the same thing. But let's look at Mark chapter 6 again. Can you guys turn with me to Mark chapter 6? Now, check this out. And this is why it's so good for you to always read your Bible, but then always to understand and read it in context or look before or after a passage because it might even bring out more in the passage. Now, look at this. Mark chapter 6, verse 1. We didn't read this. Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked? What's this wisdom that has been given him that even he does miracles? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to him, said to them, only in his hometown among his relatives and in his own house is a prophet without honor. He cannot do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village, calling the twelve to them. He sent them out two by two and gave them authority over evil spirits. Did you catch that? What happened? Jesus sent them out after what? A discouraging occurrence. Now you would think that the perfect time to send out your followers to go do this great task is after they had seen a lot of great things happen, right? Like, man, that was really cool. We went to my hometown. We had a lot of success. Now, hey, guys, you guys go out and watch the kind of success you're going to have. That's not what he did. They came from a very discouraging place. They were disappointed. Jesus is amazed at the lack of faith. And what does he do? He goes, guys, I quit. Let's just stop now. No, he says, okay, you know what? It didn't happen there, but that doesn't mean we stop. In fact, we need to go out more. This is the real Jesus. Whoa. Now, I've been so discouraged at many times in trying to help people and seeing them not come to faith or them leave God. And I've been tempted. But then when you look at this, you look at Jesus' example, when he instills in his disciples this, you don't stop because you were discouraged. In fact, there's going to be plenty of discouragement, but you must push forward. Why? Because the reward is worth the risk. That one soul is worth Going out and risking being declined or rejected 
by the 99 others. You know, Catherine Guerrero got baptized on Monday, and it's really cool because uh, how she came on out and, and started studying the Bible is uh, she goes to uh, Pasadena City College there, and we have group discussions there. We call them Bible talks. And so we were sharing our faith, and uh, we have this Bible talk right there at the mirror pools and in front of uh, the campus at, at uh, Pasadena City College. And she was sitting there and right when we were going to have the Bible discussion. And so I saw her and I said, hey, uh, great, I, I, how are you doing? I said, we're going to have a Bible discussion right where you're sitting. And she goes, oh, okay, I'm sorry. I said, no, stay there. <laughs> stay there. I said, we're going to have it in about 10 minutes. you want to come? She's like, yes. I said, but please, stay there. Don't leave. <laughs> and so then she stayed there. I was like, hallelujah. And she never stopped coming. And, then, you know, people started coming around. And she studied the Bible for the last several months and became a Christian. And that's awesome. But you know how many people we shared our faith with that day? I know me, myself, personally, I probably shared with at least 20 to 25 people. Now, we had a group of us. And so let's just say everybody had at least 15 because it was a big number of us there. Right? And we're, we're talking to a lot of people. And we get a lot of no's right away when we say hi. They're like, no. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so we probably reached out to anywhere from maybe, I don't know, let's just say 100 people for the sake of easy math. Okay? 100 people. Now, we had maybe about 10 people come on out, but then only several months later, only one became a Christian from that one time. You say, wow, one out of 100, but I say, hallelujah, one out of that 100 became a Christian. It was worth it. And I was discouraged by how many no's I got. I've been discouraged by how many times I've gone to that campus and seen no results, but here she is, misread my sister in Christ. <laughs> You see, we, we, we've been sent out to reach out. We can't hold this good news to ourselves. We can't allow discouragement or, or, or sin or anything get in the way and cloud us of our mission. We have to follow Jesus' call here to reach out. And you say, well, where is he sending me? Where have I been sent out to? Well, where do you live? Where do you work? Where do you go to school? Where do you go buy your groceries? Where do you go exercise? Where do you fill in the blank? That's where Jesus sent you. So reach out there. Share your lives. Get involved. Get your hands dirty. Exert the effort that is required so that they can see the love of God. I want to give us maybe some practical steps here, okay? I always like to be practical. And here's something that's a practical suggestion, some action steps that we could take. Number one, write out a list of people you can reach out to this week. Come up with a list of people here. Maybe it's a long list. Maybe it's a short list. But write out a list of people here that you can start thinking about, praying about, and come up with a plan this week to reach out to. And number two, set up a plan to have consistent time where you're focused on helping someone. Where it's, it's consistent, you're focused like, hey, my goal here is to reach out. So maybe that's a Bible study. Maybe that's mentoring. Maybe that's, a, a, you know, uh, mentoring one of the youth here in the church. Volunteering. Sharing your faith with your neighbors, strangers, etc., etc., etc. Just have a consistent time where it's focused, where you know my mission here is to reach out to another soul. You guys with me there? I give some practicals. Y'all get all quiet. Ain't no amens to that. I know, I know. You're writing them down. It's all good. Or you're taking a picture. 
Jesus sends us out to reach out. He sent you and me today, just like he sent the 12 back then, to reach out. And reaching out, we obviously know and talked about, is more than inviting the church, is getting involved in people's lives. It's tough. People reject, maybe even disappoint, but we can't stop for that because the reward of one soul is always worth it. Imagine the possibilities if you decided to reach out. Imagine the possibilities if you lived a lifestyle of reaching out. Imagine the possibilities of every one of us living a lifestyle of reaching out. What do you envision? Imagine, I want you if you would, and you could close your eyes if, if you want to. But imagine, let's say, I don't know, 20, 25 years here, you receive a letter. And, uh, and I'm going to read this letter to you, okay? So imagine this is a letter being written to you. And it says, hey friend, I know I could have called you, but I wanted to write to you. As you know, my daughter just got married this past Saturday. As we were at the reception, I was utterly amazed at what was taking place. I started to swell up with so much emotion as it hit me how blessed I truly am. I have a daughter who is a faithful disciple of Jesus who just got married to an incredible man of God and the potential for them is limitless. I have a wonderful spouse who inspires me daily. As I was thinking of all this, I remembered you and I started to thank God for him using you in my life. And now I want to express my gratitude to you. I want to say thank you. Thank you for being a good friend to me all these years. Thank you for the long, walk, long talks at night and much needed advice. Thank you for being there for me at the hospital. Thank you for helping me through that funeral several years ago. I didn't think I was going to make it. Thank you for all the times you helped me move, especially those times at the last minute. Thank you for all the meals at your home. Thank you for helping me deal with all of my baggage and emotional issues. Thank you for calling me to repent of my sins. Thank you for being a good example of a disciple of Christ. Thank you for teaching me how to pray teaching me how to share my faith, teaching me how to study the Bible with people. Thank you for baptizing me many years ago. Thank you for studying the Bible with me. Thank you for the day you invited me to church. Thank you for asking me to study the Bible. Thank you for sharing your life with me. Thank you for reaching out to me. Brothers and sisters, I pray that we will all reach out. Amen.